and welcome to Film Couch. It's been a, a while since we've done a podcast episode. It's been what? How long? Uh, seven months? No. Seven months? Hasn't it been like <laughs> more like a year and a half? Well, last one actually was before the pandemic, right? So <laughs> no, it was. I remember we did we did Whiplash during the pandemic. We did. Yeah, like Whiplash was just when the pandemic was starting in, in Peru when lockdowns were starting in like March, I think. And so we're talking almost two years. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would say a year and a half. <laughs> I don't know where you got seven months from. Am I? Seven. Do you know what though? Time has really been freaking me out. The other day, my friend said to me, I was talking about the UFC and a fight that I saw. And I was like, oh, that was like a couple months back when those two fired. And he was like, dude, it was in November 2021. <laughs> yeah, and it was. And I looked it up. Damn. It's a long time. Yeah. So um, today we're talking about the... Northman or the Northman? How would you say it? The Northman, I think. The Northman. <laughs> so we watched it together last night at the cinema in Peru. And just before we talk about the film, why are cinemas so loud in Peru? <laughs> you think they're too loud? I think they're way too loud. Um, maybe, maybe that's a bad thing. And maybe I'll have like a. What is it called? T- tinnitus? Yeah. Uh, is tinnitus? Tinnitus. tinnitus. I, I don't know if it's tinnitus or tinnitus. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I'll have that when I'm older. I really I really hope not. But uh, I think like maybe the sound I've gotten of metal. used to... Yeah. <laughs> I think I've gotten used to, uh, to hearing things a little bit loud. But uh, I also think, I mean, this specific movie is a loud movie, you know? Mm. Yeah. And... Uh, With the music. The bass. Yeah. And the, dude, the score is amazing. Like that's one thing I want to talk about. Yeah, I think that's probably what I like the most about the movie. Yeah, same actually. Um, and another thing is, so okay, we're, we're kind of jump jumping ahead. Is that okay? Maybe that's okay. Maybe I'm br- I'm breaking a natural flow of jumping <laughs> ahead, and I'm trying to make it all structured. When we 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 have no notes, we have, we we said before the podcast that like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this film. But yeah, we saw it last night. You've already seen it. Yeah, I saw it uh, about a week ago. So, okay. So, first question is, um, did you notice anything extra after watching it for a second time? Uh, no, I would say it's one of those movies. And and I think that, I think that would sort of uh, be my my general appraisal of, of Robert Eagers. Um, but... Uh, I mean, I, I did enjoy watching it a second time, but I wouldn't necessarily say like his filmography is one that I that I like yearn to revisit. He, I don't think, he, at, so far at least, he's made like the type of movies that I you can only watch once. That that I, that I would die to watch again, or, or right. like would want to watch again. You know, interesting. Yeah, I I really like the filmography. I would say maybe it feels a little bit. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with it across the three films. Like the witch was was I think the best of of his three. He's done more than three films, though, right? No, I think just three. Okay, so the witch was his first, and then yeah. lighthouse. It's called lighthouse, right? Uh, the, the lighthouse. The lighthouse, and then this one. So I would say the witch was his best one. 
Lighthouse was obviously, you know, we liked it and everything, but, you know, looking back, it does feel a bit forced in a way. Um, and I kind of felt the same about some scenes in, in Northman. Like it seems artistic, but forcibly artistic. Maybe what you're trying to say, it felt like a little bit snobby. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And and that's that's in Lighthouse as well because of like, yeah, the... Um, the square black and white yeah. vibe and everything and yeah maybe that's but I don't I don't know if if I get distracted when I'm watching it I'm, I think about okay that that shot that he just did was he just trying to be artsy you know did I like <laughs> it or um, how did it fit um, so yeah I mean I mean overall I, do, I think I do enjoy the art and everything but yeah the music was definitely the best bit but before we get into the music um What's his name? Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. The main Viking dude. Um, the Berserker. I guess he was a Berserker, right? Have yeah. you seen, have you seen the original like the Vikings Netflix series? No, I, my mom watches that show and she loves it, man. Ah. Have you seen it? Yeah, man. Is it good? Ah, oh, dude, it's one of the best things I've seen on Netflix. A lot of people have said that. One thing I, I from from the the few things I've read and I, I think I saw it in an interview, but I know that. Uh, Robert Eagers like criticized that show, but not criticized it because he thought it was I guess good or bad. I don't even think he watched it, but <laughs> he criticized it in terms of like the its authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember mostly about the haircut. He said something about like the guy's hair, the the main character's hair. He said like no way Vikings actually had that type of haircut. Right. Um, they usually had like all of them had like long hair. Um, but that was it. I don't know if. I don't remember at least if he mentioned any other things. But I mean, aside from the authenticity, I just heard that's a good show. Still on yeah. my list. It's interesting that you mentioned the authenticity because I think the authenticity of, of Viking culture in the Northmen was like, as much as I know about Viking culture, and I don't know a hell of a lot, but I do know a little bit because I was really interested in it, especially last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one n- hits the nail on the head in terms of authenticity. And the guy, Eggers, yeah. or Eggers, Eggers, well, Eggers, Eggers. Uh, did his research, <laughs> I think, really well. Um, which reminds me of the game Valheim. And I <laughs> love We had it. to do a joke. We had to go there, we gotta go there. <laughs> Valheim is like the best game I've ever played, and I'm a video game enthusiast. Wait, really? Yeah. So RuneScape filled that gap, man. Oh, don't out me on this podcast. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a RuneScape. I'm a RuneScape player. I mean, RuneScape is close to my heart because I've been playing it like ever since I knew what a video game was, pretty much. But Valheim is the game that I just can't put down. And most games I play for like 30 hours or something, maybe maybe up to like 60 hours, and then I put it down. Um, even when I love it, even like Witcher Three and everything, great games. But Valheim, like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm hitting 300 hours on that, and I just can't stop <laughs> thinking about it. Still, it's just such a great game, and the authenticity of that game is uh, is really good in terms of Viking culture, which is in Northmen as well. So we were talking about Vikings, the TV series. Um, that you know the the like the next one came out, not the next one, it, different producers and stuff. I guess like a spin-off, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. What's it called, Rack? Ragnarok? No. Um, Valhalla? I think it's maybe Valhalla. Let me find it. 
yeah, Vikings Valhalla, yeah. Or not Valhalla, Valhalla. Ah, Valhalla. Valhalla. I love how they say it. And that already came out? Yeah, it's out, yeah. Is it any good? It's terrible. People right. people seem to love it, but um, I was watching it with, with, with Mimi, and it was like something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It was. It felt more Hollywood, you know, like the actors were were more um, uh, conventionally attractive and everything, oh, right? Okay. And the clothes. It was like everything I saw was like H and M, H and M, Forever Twenty One. It looked straight out of like High Street and stuff. Like cool, cool clothes, yeah. but didn't look like Vikings. Um, and yeah, it just felt a bit wooden but it, it's sad because like the story and stuff I'm, mm. I'm totally invested in the story that they're telling because it's 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 crazy I remember being in like in school in England and, and learning about when the Vikings invaded England and back then it was like yeah you know they had horns on their helmets mm. they didn't by the way and they um, invaded and they raped and pillaged and okay cool what's you know let's go to geography but um, yeah, like actually thinking about it, the Vikings came to London and they, you know, raided the the city and everything. It's just it's mental when you think about it. What actually happened? History is history is crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's, it's a good film. <laughs> <laughs> it's like end of episode. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Yeah. Um, happy to see Willem Dafoe again. Always happy to see Willem Dafoe. Eggers Eggers seems to like Dafoe, doesn't he? From the editing room, this is what Defoe had to say about working with Eggers again. I reached out to him because I wanted to work with the guy. And then I was lucky enough to work with him on his next feature, The Lighthouse. And it was a very good experience. I really enjoyed working with him. Because of his detail, uh, because he uh, makes a personal cinema, he does the cinema that uses cinema language. Um, very little coverage, very designed shots, working with uh, Jaron Blaschke as DP. They work very closely. It's a combination of um, being very well designed and very well realized, but also he's an actor. <laughs> he was an actor. He speaks an actor's language. So I love working with him because he works with a great kind of back and forth in the scenes and gives me lots of details and lots of challenges. And I feel always very engaged with when I'm with him. But I think most importantly, he's a, a guy of the cinema, but he's also a student of history and he loves history so deeply, you feel it, that it's infectious and uh, you get drawn into those worlds with him. And as an actor, you just want to help him realize them as as you can in your role. Yeah, I think he's probably gonna become like one of his go-to guys. Sort of, sort of gives me that that vibe as well. But yeah, it's always great to see him. Yeah, even if it's like a jester that has like a fake <laughs> and is swinging it around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a funny part. I, a shame there wasn't more jester to it. I would have liked to have seen more of Defoe in that role. Um, speaking of, okay, actors and roles. Ethan Hawke. Is he doing playing a, a Viking? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think at least for me, it, it, it has helped that I have actually not seen many Ethan Hawke films. Right, but I can I can definitely understand where like people who who have seen him in like in like a lot of romantic comedies and just uh, I don't know I forget the description you gave yesterday. No, for me, right, Ethan Hawke because I haven't seen many of his rom coms, but is is he is a writer 
who goes to a new home with his family. <laughs> yeah, and the and the house gets haunted. I, I maybe this is only from one film, but I swear he's played that role in so many different films or in so in in horror films. Yeah. And is he in The Conjuring? He's not in The Conjuring. That's it. That's the other guy. That's uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. But he's in uh is it Insidious? No, it's, he, I think that's also Patrick Wilson. Yeah, it's it uh, is. It's, it's it's one it's like amateur horror or something like that. And they usually like call it like a, one of the best horror films I think in the last ten years. I mean, it's okay, but I, I know what movie you're talking about because he's a writer. Yeah, right? yeah. I was going to say Annabelle, but it's not that because that's all in the Conjuring world, isn't it? No, yeah, Annabelle's in the Conjuring world. Um, it's uh, I know I know what it is because. Did you remember the name? I don't know why I remember the scene, but I just remember when we saw it with my brother, we laughed at it. Because he, he like, FaceTimes some, like, demonologist. Yeah. Uh, and he tells him, like, I, I think I'm, like, I think I'm seeing this demon or something. And the guy's like, yeah, it's Baduk or something like that. He gives him, like, this funny-ass name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh... Oh, what is it? Do you remember the name? I'm going to look it up. It's, it's gonna be there. It's gonna be there. Uh, uh, the guilty? No, it's not that. It's oh, he's in the perch. Ah, yeah, he's in the first perch. Yeah. Sinister. I'm... There we go. Sinister. Yeah, I didn't even know they had a second one. Right. So that's why, because there's Sinister One and Sinister Two. So to me, that's yeah. Every, he's he's been in every horror film then, because <laughs> he's in those two. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, <clears throat> bit bit typecast. Which is sad, you know, when you when you get like actors that do fall into that typecast thing because you just can't. I just couldn't take him seriously at all. Were you the same? Uh, no, I think, like I said, I think for me at least it helped that I that I didn't like have an, like that strong of an image in my head as, as as I would understand most people who've seen his movies. But but yeah, it, it does. Uh, that's one thing that I always like. I think I put directors to fault in that. Mm. Um, when they have like uh, sort of these period pieces, maybe not even period pieces, but just uh, when they put someone who's fairly known in in a part that's in a part like that, I would just uh, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I would always put like somebody who's uh, uh, not necessarily a relative, uh, relatively unknown actor, but just somebody whose name is not that you know common. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it really doesn't help with like suspension of disbelief. I think. You, you remember you're watching a movie and it's like, oh yeah, it's f***ing Ethan Hawke, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and I, I felt a bit like that with Nicole Kidman as well. Yeah. A little bit like that. And uh, well, even even with Willem Dafoe a little bit. Because I know he's great at those roles, but to me, he's an, he's like a New Yorker, you know? So like <laughs> it, like the Green Goblin, it works. <laughs> but he's, where's, where's he from, actually? I must be from New York, no, I would I say. Know. I'm pretty sure he's... Uh... Let's see. He from Appleton, Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. Yeah, he's got Italian citizenship. Huh. That's interesting. But yeah, you don't see him as a like a a, a born and raised New Yorker. Mm, no, no, doesn't really give me that vibe. No, really. <laughs> That's weird. Where do you where do you imagine him from then? Like Europe or something? Yeah, so honestly, I thought he was from Europe. Ah. And I thought he just had like really good English. I mean, not saying I mean he's obviously not not English because he doesn't have the accent. But uh, I don't know. I thought he was like a 
kind of like Christoph Waltz character. Ah, uh, yeah. I thought he was like German and he just like spoke really good English. He does look European, doesn't he? It's the teeth, man. I mean, yeah. what, you, what you're saying about my brethren. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, it's, it's hard to see him, you know, naked in a cave being... It's not. I mean, it, it's weird. It's like it's like a duality of, of, of you know, this is absolutely Willem Dafoe and it suits him. And also, you know, where's your, you know, your cup of coffee and your long overcoat? <laughs> um, it's hard to see him in... It, I think it's because it's historical. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to see him in that. One thing that I think would have been... I mean, you always fantasize about these things, you know, and it always would be would have been great, but... um, You fantasize about Willem Dafoe being naked in the cave? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> in addition to those things. <laughs> but I, I remember uh, seeing an interview with Robert Eggers, mm. and he said that, I mean, he would have preferred, if he, if he could have, he would have preferred to have done the whole film in, uh, in I guess it's Old Norse? Or I don't know if it's just Norse. Ah, right. In the language itself. Yeah. And I mean, for them to do that, they would have to, like, I mean, uh, I, I know I sound completely ignorant when I say this, but is that like what's considered like a, in Spanish it's lingua muerta, like a dead Yeah, like tongue? a dead language. Is it a dead language? I don't know. I imagine so, yeah. Because, because old, old yeah, it must be, because uh, Norse comes from Scandinavian countries mm -hmm. like Norway, where now the language is Nor mm -hmm. Norwegian, I guess. Finland, Finnish, Sweden, Swedish. Yeah. So it must be a dead language. But I'm guessing perhaps people from Scandinavia can, I mean, it's much easier for them to like learn um, maybe like a script in Norse, right? I mean, it's closer to their tongue. Maybe. But um, I mean, if you would have been able to get a movie made like that, and obviously with unknown actors, I think the impact would have been much greater. Because again, you're not seeing, you know, <clears throat> Alexander Skarsgård or Nicole Kidman or yeah, something like, uh, for example, like, I don't know if you've seen Apocalypto. Oh, dude! Yeah. I watched Apocalypto like a month ago for the first time. <laughs> I saw it, I don't know, but I saw it sometime after I went to Mexico because I was like, I really want to see what Mel Gibson did. Right. And I always heard good reviews about it, but I saw it and I, I really liked it. I thought yeah. it was great. And, that, and again, it added to the whole thing that it's just like a bunch of like local actors who obviously, I mean, look and sound apart and they're, they're speaking in that tongue and it's just, uh, it really helps to sell the, the movie, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe that would be a really cool trend in film, like to actually start because it's 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 about um, inclusivity as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is a big thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I think at least in in the, in the woke department, we've not gotten <laughs> we've not, there. There are no complaints yet, you know, from like uh, from like descendants of Vikings who would say like, you know, why didn't we get this part? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it would it would be great. Yeah, that, that, there's that. Yeah, because, and as well, it's like, it would just be, it'd make film better <laughs> to see, to not see the same faces. I don't know, it's, it's like there's there's two two sides to that coin, right? Because you go and see, well, I go and see a Brad Pitt film because of Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah, I think a piece like this or a, a film like this needs, needs... Uh, not as known actors. So Alexander Skarsgård, I didn't. I, I don't think I've seen him before. Have I seen him before? I know that he's Pennywise's brother, right? Is yeah. He? Actually, also his other brother is in uh, Vikings. Yeah. Who? According to my mom, the best character of them all, which right. is I think Loki. Oh, what? Yeah. Loki. Floki. Floki. Yeah, Floki. Floki. The, the boat maker. He, I think he dies. Well, I think most of them die, like at least by the end of the show. 
Yeah, I think that's him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Gustav Skarsgård. Yeah, he's really good in that. So good. Um, but do you know what? Do you know what's funny? Now, now that makes sense because I was thinking, I was looking at Alexander Skarsgård, and I remember thinking throughout the film. Uh, so in 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 Vikings, the TV series, you have Ragnar Lothbrok, who's the mm-hmm. the main character. Yeah. And then you, he has he's got all these kids. He's got Uber, Vitsuk, uh, Ivar, uh, Bjorn, and um, and also he has a brother, Rollo. And I swear, Alexander Skarsgård looks like a merge of all of them. Because in, in, se- in some scenes, I was like, oh my God, he looks exactly like Uber. Oh, wow, he looks like Ragnar there. He looks ex- Is that the actor that plays Rollo? <laughs> like, he looks exactly like him. So that was, I think that was a great choice for... What's his name? For uh, Amleth. Amleth, yeah, Prince Amleth. I I, I like this performance as well. I really did. I I've seen Alexander Skarsgård in well three things. I've seen him in Tarzan, which is just like just a commercial movie. Um, I saw him in the Little Big Lies, a TV show, mm-hmm. where he plays like a like a, an abusive husband. Uh, and I saw him in Zoolander. <laughs> Is it Zoolander? Yeah. What does he play? And that was a more surprising bit because I mean, I mean, granted, Zoolander is like twenty years old now, but he plays one of uh, Derek Zoolander's four friends who die in that uh, uh, traumatizing car explosion. <laughs> I don't even remember that. You remember uh, the orange mocha frappuccinos or whatever they're called? No. No, man. I haven't seen Zoolander in so. Long. I just remember certain scenes. Well, Zoolander has like four flatmates. Who live with him and they're all male models right um and uh at one point he gets like really depressed and they're like hey we gotta cheer you up and they go get like orange mocha frappuccinos i think that's what they are right and then they're <laughs> orange <laughs> mocha frappuccino and then one of those guys is alex and his cars right but if you look at him he's just i mean I, again like i said it's like 20 years ago but man he was just like a like a skinny young guy doesn't look anything like what he looks like wow now. yeah yeah he definitely bulked up for this role yeah and i i like his uh I like how he was lumbering and a, a bit like aloof in a way, as you would, you know, realistically imagine a Viking like that to be. Because in in like the new Vikings, especially, and even even the old Vikings, they're presented as having you know uh, this perfect posture and perfectly cut body and everything. But he's exactly. just like a bit a bit lumberly. Is that a word? Lumberly. I mean, yeah, they make him, like, even, like, a little bit, like, hunchback, right? Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's... I like that to it. It added to the, um, I guess, to the believable uh, uh, idea of, of what, like, a, a strong Northman would be like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was, it was a, a berserker, which is, we see that in the scene. I think that's what he was. And berserkers in Viking times were people who saw blood and just were, like... A manifestation of anger and bloodlust, and they were crazy strong. And I think they used like um, drugs. I don't know what, what, like some kind of plant or something. Berserkers used them, and berserkers would just like rip your limbs off your body if they found you. And they used to, they used them as like hitmen. I think mm-hmm. like okay, we'll send a berserker, and they'd just be these huge guys that just had no love or peace in their hearts, and they just kill you with their bare hands um so i think it was one of those kinds of vikings initially i think it makes sense right because he's initially i mean 
once you when you see him as like a an, an when you see him grow up like for the first time he's like with a band of I mean I thought like mercenaries but I guess yeah they would be like berserkers right because mm -hmm. they seem like like they get hired to like kill and and like uh, just like wreak havoc on villages and shit like yeah that. <laughs> yeah which they did in that scene where they put on the wolf heads and they just went yeah. the Vikings were crazy man I mean, if you think about it, they just go in and they, they want to die. Like, I think that's a, a big difference between, you know, them and, and the Christians. I think the Christians were also, you know, ac accepting of going to heaven and everything. But Vikings were so encouraged by fighting in battle that it made them better in battle. Do you know what I mean? They wanted to die in battle but they wanted to die in honor in battle. So they yeah. want to just let you kill them. They'd like be trying their best. Whereas like the, the English, I know, I know there aren't really Christians in this film. So we're kind of going a bit off topic, but um, yeah, that's, that was a bit of a big difference in their wars. So what did you think of, uh, yeah, let's talk about the music. What's your opinion? Um, I loved it, man. I thought maybe, I mean, uh, I would, I would put um, like music and just sound design all together. I thought that was just they did a really good job of that. Yeah, I agree. The percussion was really good, and, and the strings. Do you know? I, I was, I was thinking. Cause I, <laughs> I remember I used to work out to Viking music when I started playing <laughs> Valheim. I was like, saw myself as a Viking. As I wanted to be that. Um, and I remember thinking, how do we know what Viking music sounded like? Like, how do we have any idea at all? Um, we saw the instruments, but I mean, you can look at a guitar and there are so many sounds you can get from a guitar. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess it would come from like some sort of, um, deeply thorough anthropological work but yeah I mean also their instruments were not as complicated as like as, uh, as like I mean they were just like drums and horns and shit like that yeah so I guess they could only like it made a couple of sounds and then you know through some sort of some type of uh, study they, they were able to ascertain like what kind of music they would have been able to make with that yeah but, yeah and the, and the, I, I guess they found lyrics and stuff and they must have found um, some songs, however, I, mean, I, I, I doubt that they were written in sheet music, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Mozart or something. But um, yeah, they must have found the lyrics. And the, and the songs are so powerful, aren't they? The, the voices and the lyrics and what they say themselves, it's just, it's, it's dark. It's gothic. The Vikings were pretty gothic. When they like um, do their rituals and stuff, it's really dark compared to other cultures around that time, I think. Yeah, I, th I think... Uh, I mean, I might be... Uh, obviously, I'm comparing two separate cultures, but um, I think it's very similar to some, like... Uh, to some some cultures here in, in, in Central and South America, like ancient cultures like uh, like the Mayan Sastics. I mean, a, a lot of it was really, like, revolved around very bloody and... Uh, um, and just uh, destructive rituals, I think. I mean, yeah. a lot of things are, are are similar in that sense. I think. Yeah, it does. It does seem it, it 
I do connect it to like a na- Native American culture as well because of the rituals and the like their belief in, in, in gods as well because around that time you know Christianity existed over in the other side of Europe in like Western Europe but uh, yeah Western Europe um, well would you consider them Western Europe in Scandinavia that's Western Europe too right I guess more Western Europe mm-hmm. In like Italy and, and France and everything, they'd found God, and they and these people were, um, yeah. So yeah, talking about that, like the culture and what they believed and their beliefs and everything, um, it's really it's really interesting, isn't it? How the the night spirits they call them, which ones? Um, when the night when the uh, when Amleth yeah starts like killing people at night in the little village. Mm-hmm. And they believe it's the night spirits. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how, like, how we as humans create excuses or rationalizations for these things. And then we believe in them as a culture. Everyone believes it. Um, and that's, that's shown quite well in it as well. Because they all believe in the night spirits and everything. And when they have the, um, the, the mushroom soup, mm-hmm. they think... The night spirits are inside them and stuff. They, uh, yeah, I mean, usually with those, uh, I mean, they had a lot of gods. I, I forget the name of the god that Fjolnir has. Who, <laughs> at one point, uh, Skarsgård calls him like your god of erections. And I noticed uh, that's one thing I did notice in the second viewing that like the statue of his god actually had an erection. Oh really? <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, yeah, every like everything that happened to them, they would also they would always like rationalize it in, in terms of like their god you know like they were yeah. um they were pissed off that they i don't know they didn't do something or they were just like uh um like meeting some type of punishment for like bad behavior from their from their um from their village but yeah, yeah it is very interesting yeah so what did you think of uh what did you think of the story because i did watch an ign review and it as, as much as the comments made me uh, hate the video, even after watching it and kind of enjoying it. It's funny how, how that works, isn't it? The first bit of the film was much more like, um, I don't know, it felt more like his style, like Egger's style, Robert Egger's style. You mean the first bit, like before Hamlet grows up? Or Amleth grows up? Or? Yeah. Okay. And it was more symbolic and it felt more like, okay, this is more mysterious and everything. Mm. After that, it turns into more of um, like a like a Hollywood narrative in a way, like classic. And I, and I wanted, I was really hoping that this saga, whether it's true or not, um, well, firstly, I was hoping it was true and I was hoping that he would die. I was hoping that the his uncle would kill him. I, was, I wanted Scar to kill Simba. So you were rooting for that to happen? Not necessarily rooting for it to happen, but mm. for f**k's sake, can't we have a film where there's, where it's not like a, a happy ending, in a way? Because I, I, I want... Why don't we have those stories where shit goes wrong? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I guess if I think about it hard enough, um, a couple of movies might come to mind where it sort of goes against the the conventional, like... Uh, uh, just story but uh, I mean in, in a sense it does sort of end I mean it does end tragically in a sense that the main protagonist dies right because he dies as well yeah but 
his children live and they yeah, go on the, yeah. the, the tree of kings and everything works out how he wanted it to and <sighs> I wanted him to die in that moment where he was on the field and um, he came down so do you know the transition where he, where his uncle punches him yeah. and then he's being tortured okay right I wanted him to die before the torture scene that for me would have been perfect like yeah you didn't get your way mm. but I'm, I've, I've I've got I've, I've got problems <laughs> so, <laughs> that's just me that's just my twisted uh, alternative ending I don't know how I mean uh, I know that this is like the uh, supposedly original story that inspired the play of Hamlet and then that obviously inspired like a just like a myriad of movies TV shows based on like the the general story template of Hamlet you know like a prince His uncle kills his father, and he goes to avenge him, like, you know, much later in his life. Um, so I don't know how much of the original story, the original, original story, they actually kept in, in this in this movie. Right. So speaking of, of Hamlet and uh, Shakespeare and a, a bit of a diversion, are you a fan of Shakespeare? Uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, um, I'm a fan of, of hmm. I mean, I, I, I like the few things that I've read from him. I also know that, like, usually with plays, you don't really experience them uh, by reading the actual play. The, the true way to experience them is to, like, see the play. Mm, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd say, I, I, I mean, I, my, my, the main memory of me liking Shakespeare is uh, when I was in high school and we had a very enthusiastic teacher who taught us, uh, or, who, yeah, well, who taught us, or, but he had, like, a, a series of classes based on the the tragedy of uh, Julius Caesar. Right. And that's what I really enjoyed because it had the added benefit of a teacher who was very enthusiastic about that particular play and also giving you the ins and outs of uh, like what the actual lines meant. Because I remember when I was a teenager and I read them, I was like, well, what the f*** does this mean? Yeah, yeah. And then when you understand the meaning, you're like, wow, it's very interesting. And uh, um, But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do enjoy that. I don't think... I think at most I might have just read what they taught us in, in, in high school. Um, It's weird that there's a big focus on studying Shakespeare in literature. It seems like he's got the like the main focus in literature for some reason. But it, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's like um, I mean, he's the most important playwright in the English language, and, and obviously like a. Uh, just his impact on, on world literature is, I mean, it's just uh, extremely significant. But um, I do sort of uh, agree with, uh, well, no, I don't know if I if agree, but I have a friend who, um, who when we were talking about Shakespeare, he said, like, man, like, Shakespeare is, he's okay and all, but he's no Cervantes. And um, <laughs> who's that? Uh, Cervantes is the, the well, I guess novelist because he's also done but he's also done some other things but he's a writer of uh, of Don Quixote ah right yeah, yeah and he was just I mean he's just like um, very opinionated about that saying that I mean like you know there are better writers than Shakespeare in the English language which which I, I particularly think I, 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 I there are writers in, in English that I prefer over Shakespeare but yeah. again he's a playwright and I think that's a whole different field right um, I mean there are better writers in English because they actually write in English He made his his own language for his plays, which 
me off <laughs> when I was at school. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're not just going to learn, you know, the, the, the literature themes and, and the, you know, the, the deeper meanings and the implications. You also have to learn vocabulary again. Like that was, that was annoying. Although I guess a lot of it is familiar because a lot of it stayed in the English language, but ugh, just too much focus on him. I think wasn't a big fan. What else did you study? What was like? A, did you did you do the Great Gatsby? Uh no, I don't remember reading the Great Gatsby in for school. I read that separately and I loved it. Yeah, uh, I remember reading in school, for example, uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one, and I didn't like it at all. I haven't read that. Um, other things we read for school. I mean, in the U.S., we used to read *To Kill a Mock*. *To Kill a Mockingbird*. We did that in the U.K. And as that's well. a great book. And I know that now it's like banned. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, I mean, yeah, I disagree with that completely. But yeah, or like, um, and I guess in, I mean the, the 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 pattern repeats itself because in school, for example, you would think that like reading *Huckleberry Finn* is like a staple of merit. I mean, like just of like a education for uh for uh, for americans but we didn't read that and i think that book is amazing but uh you sort of understand it because you know it throws out the n-word like every yeah 30 it's like the 30 tarantino words. of books and there's also <laughs> and there's also a very uh i guess you yeah you could call it a stereotypical depiction of a of like a like a black man in the book um but but still i mean i think uh, i love that book yeah <laughs> And but yeah, they didn't teach it when I was there. Mm. We did. Um, I remember the ones that impacted me the most were *The Great Gatsby* and *The Handmaid's Tale*. And we also did *Of Mice and Men* and uh, *Virginia Woolf's Poems*. Did she write poems? Yeah, like the yeah. Fe- the feminist feminism poems, right? Or very feminist style. She has novels as well. I, f- I forgot what uh, sort of uh, <clears throat> what um, I don't know how you call it, but like what school of literature she belongs to. But right. uh, um, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. You you read Virginia Woolf. I don't remember reading much Woolf. We uh, uh, and you mentioned The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't read that as well. Oh, it's really good. I know my brother loves that show. He said it was great. I haven't seen the show, but yeah. But the book was good. Um, so, what do you know? What do you not know scene I really liked in in Northman was when he was fighting that undead guy for the sword oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> for the drog drogar, and um, it was honestly like watching someone play Elden Ring. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I mean, those sequences in the film, like mm-hmm. the, the sort of the fantasy sequences yeah. or the dreamlike sequences were really cool, I think. Like the Valkyries and yeah. the, the the Tree of Kings, I think they were done really well. Which is, it? ah, the, the tree of like the, the genealogy of... Yeah. Okay, yeah. I would have liked more of that and more sort of explanation on that. And there was a bit of the film which kind of annoyed me. I remember when he said, Anleth, he said, 
he's his destiny or it's written that he will be um he will kill his uncle on a on a lake of fire yeah and i and i i was like where did it say that like you you just said that i want to know the 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 real like story i want to know the real bits i think it focused a bit too much on like the 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 literal narrative and not as much on the like the symbolic meaning of things, or maybe it did, or maybe I just I'm I'm just clueless and I didn't pick up on it. Oh, wait, you mean when when Amleth says that? Yeah, I when it, that really cheesy bit where he's on the on the roof. This was so cheesy, mm-hmm. and he couldn't take his sword out or something because it no. wasn't night time. Okay, cool. And then he's on the roof and it's like, ah, it's not it's not your time. And it is said that it will happen on a lake of fire. Like, that bit just felt weird. Like, I was like, what? They, they did mention that, though. But I oh, also, did they? I also noticed that upon second viewing. Because uh, the one right. who says the the lake of fire is uh, Bjorn. Like, the witch that he finds in that house. Right. Um, Bjork. Bjork, sorry. Yeah. Bjork. Uh, I'm... Yeah, she's the one that says it. She says, she says like you will, you will, uh, you will um, like carry out your justice or something like that on a lake of fire. And ah. That's why he, he calls back upon that. Okay, well, I'm just, I'm just uh, clueless, oblivious. No, but I mean, uh, the, the, those sort of details, I also usually pick up on them. Like, I don't know, second, third viewings. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, to to like round it off, I think the film was it was good. Maybe maybe my expectations were too high, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good film. I enjoyed being there for the mm. film. I enjoyed uh, the immersion of like the sound and and the feeling of like looking at looking through the keyhole of of the Viking life and everything. But that's where my enjoyment ends. You know, I wasn't that invested in the the vengeance story because it's uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just a bit overused. Hmm. What's your like overall verdict of it? I liked it. I really did like it. Um, I, I I think we had we had an episode about the lighthouse, right? I thought it was just. Uh, I mean, I didn't think it was that great. Um, I like the witch too, but I think I'd probably like this one more than those. But wow. but again, I think just with Robert Eggers, I get the general sense that like um, he hasn't made like a. Um, he hasn't made like a picture that that makes me go like god damn it you know like we can expect uh i think like amazing things from this guy yeah he's made good movies but not like a not like an ari aster you know yeah i was just thinking of ari aster yeah i can't i can't wait for the next thing he does disappointment boulevard man you think whoa why no i'm I'm saying oh is that the the, the name of the film (laughs) i thought you were like set yourself up for disappointment No, no no the name of the movie so far is disappointment boulevard Okay. With Joaquin Phoenix. <gasps> yeah. What? Can you imagine that combination, man? Oh, my... <laughs> Odin. That's amazing. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, Northman's all right. You should watch it. I mean, hopefully you already watched it. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. Music's good. And performances were good overall. Do you have anything left to say? Uh... No, just one last thing. I think it would be good to support this movie because um, the film costs like ninety million dollars, 
and uh, for them to get financing for a movie like this is very difficult and I think it like, didn't really do well in its first week so I mean if uh, <laughs> if it doesn't meet expectations it's very rarely that you'll see like a, like a big production house like uh, betting on filmmakers like this but, okay but yeah. point taken yeah support the film and uh, that's it so uh, in the next the next film we're gonna do I don't know we said we might do that uh, Mexican one right ah yeah that's right what was it called oh, I can't remember I'm what not it's called. here I'm not here I think or yeah. I am here or something like that <laughs> somewhere he's either there or not there <laughs> yeah no, back, back on Shakespeare to be or not to be um, yeah we'd, uh, maybe we'll do that or maybe we'll do something different I don't know because I don't know if I want to watch that one again it's quite sad but yeah, so we, this is, this is, as we said in the beginning, this is the first time we've done a podcast and gone together. And it's actually the first time we've done it in person because the, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear my cat, but that's my cat. His name's Neptune and it's just going crazy. No, I'm going to keep that bit out. Neptune, shut up. That worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this is the first time we've done a podcast episode in a long time, as we said in the beginning. And uh, it's actually the first time we've done it in person. And I think if it seems a bit weird or a bit uh, stranger than the other ones, then just forgive us and give us a chance to warm up to this. Did you did you feel weird sat next to me in person, Nicola? No, not weird. Um, no. <laughs> I think it was weird. I was thinking, what adjective could he possibly choose now that wouldn't sound weird? <laughs> like, excited? <laughs> well, uh, I guess that's it then. Uh, watch the film, support it. And, uh, yeah, you can get in touch with us via filmcouch at gmail.com. If you want us to do a particular film, then let us know. And, yeah, bye from me. Skull. Take care, guys. Skull? What, was, what does Skull mean? Skull. It's like cheers in Viking, innit? Ah, okay. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Skull. Skull. Skull.